Good morning. Happy Father's Day. Thanks very much. Brilliant. What, what, a, great, what a great line um, in that last song uh, that we sang. Heaven's peace and perfect justice kissed a guilty world in love. How awesome is that? Just let that mull, mull over in your mind a little bit just before, uh, before I speak to you men, because I'm going after you today, you men. So, uh, but before I, before I do that, heaven's peace and perfect justice kissed a guilty world, kissed you in love. It's awesome. Lord, we just say thank you for Jesus. Thank you that we see in Jesus both your justice and your mercy wrapped together. I thank you, Lord, that your justice hasn't been bent or hasn't been moved or shifted in order for us to be here today. But I thank you, Lord, that in Jesus Christ, your mercy and justice come together and we get the benefit. Oh, you're wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Wow. You dads play such a key role in society. I just want to start by saying that in a world where manhood is continually being eroded and confused in what it looks like and how it works, I just want to say thank you so much, men, for all you do and who you are and for your strength, for your stability, for your godliness, for the part you play both in the family units that you represent, but also in this church, we owe so much to you. We really, really do. And I don't want you and no one in the church wants you to stop being men. Being manly men who honour God, who love people, who bring strength. It's not something to be ashamed about, it's something to be proud of, because that's how God has made you to be. And I think it's so, so important. And what we're going to be doing this morning is, <laughs> just, to, just to warn you in advance, I have got a nine-point preach. Woo! So I reckon if I spend ten minutes on each pr- part, point... And do a decent introduction and then a decent finish to it. I reckon we're here until at least the start of the Grand Prix, okay? So just to warn you in advance, um, that's, that's where we're going. But no, I, what, what I'm going to do is I've got nine points. We're going to fly through the points. But what my prayer is, is that maybe one or two will land with each of you. I am unashamedly going after you men. I have got you in my sights, but the character traits that we're going to be looking at today are not gender specific, so I believe there's something in there for all of us. I believe God will speak to all of us, but I am going to address you men because I think it's really important that I do that this morning. So I make no apologies, just if you're married here and your wife is here, I know she's going to be praying for you as I preach that you pick up the right stuff from the message today. Amen? Yeah? So uh, we'll see where we go. What on earth is a man supposed to be like? 
You know, what, what, what is a bloke supposed to be like? Yeah, it could be Nick Beanie stand up for, for a prime example. <laughs> a perfect physique. I mean, if you're watching... <laughs> Financially successful, good with the ladies, aggressive, independent, selfish. What, what's a bloke supposed to be like? If it doesn't work out, should he just move on? I mean, there's some of the messages that you will pick up through the media um, in different situations of life. Let me ask you another question. What should a Christian man be like? Again, if you look in the media, weak, insecure, henpecked, badly dressed, out of date, dithering. I think, I think if you just read newspapers and watch the TV... They are the sorts of things you would expect to see whenever they portray Christian men. But that is not how God has designed us to be, is it? So what we're going to be looking at, we're going to use Philip's life. Philip the evangelist, he is portrayed in Acts 6, 7 and 8. We're going to take nine character traits that I've seen. I will linger on some, I will fly through others. And my prayer is that two or three of these will really stand out to you and have an impact on your life personally. So men, are you ready for this? Oh, crikey. Men on your feet. Yeah, that's right. Men on your feet now. 50 press-ups. That was a lousy response. Right. Lord, I want to pray for every single man in this building right now. I ask you, Lord, that as I communicate your word, I pray it will come with power. I pray, Lord, it will, it will have impact. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you will make it live in our hearts. And I pray that we will go away with maybe two or three things that you've really spoken into our lives. Would you come and do it for the glory of your name? I just want to pray, you guys in the youth, according to my definition, you're men. You should be standing up on your feet. Right. Okay. Lord, I want to pray for a special blessing on you young men that you will really catch something this morning from the word as it's preached. Amen. Brilliant. So if you're taking notes, great character traits for life. That is the, uh, that is the title for this morning and we're going to fly our way through. The first thing I notice about Philip, who was a mighty man of God, and we see him appear, like I say, in Acts chapter 6, 7 and 8. I, firstly, I see about Philip is he is a man full of wisdom. It says, therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit, and of wisdom who we will appoint for this duty. Wisdom when described in the Bible isn't about intellect, it's not about education, it's to do with character. So what we need is men of good character. 
Men of trustworthiness, men of purity, men who use language in the right way, who speak in the right way, men who know how to handle good relationships. And handling these things well is of great worth. It might be that you're here today and you think, well, it doesn't really matter what I look at. No one else sees. It doesn't really matter how I speak because the person I'm talking about isn't in the room, so they won't know. It doesn't really matter if I slightly inflate my expenses because we're a bit short of cash or I'll just borrow some of those materials from the builder's yard because I'm doing a bit of deal. I'm sure the boss won't really mind. Those things really matter. Those things really matter. We need men of wisdom, of good character, that care as much about what is done privately as is seen in public. Because the reality of it is, each one of those little things, just little things, undermines you as a person, slowly bankrupting your character until you're penniless when it comes to wisdom. These things are so important. Men, we need you to be full of wisdom. Let me ask you a question. What are you looking at? When you're on your own, what are you looking at? Your eyes. Are you a one-woman man? Unless you're single, then you're a no-woman man. Until you're married. It's important. It undermines, it undermines your integrity at a level not about what's seen, but about in your heart. How do you spend your money? Galatians 6-7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. We come to a God of great love, full of mercy, but don't mess with him. He's not mocked. What you sow, you will also reap. We need an army of men full of wisdom like Philip. Secondly, we need to be men full of the Holy Spirit. Same verse, Acts 6 verse 3. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit. I mean, as Joe said earlier, Terry preached magnificently last week on this subject. If you missed it, listen to the download. If you were here, listen to the download. Because there's so much in there for you to take in. Come Just in your minds, when Joe gave the notice about we're going to be praying for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, can I just ask you a question, men? When when Joe gave that notice, did you think, oh, that's good. I've got a night in on my own. My wife's going out. Or did you think, no, I am going to that meeting because for my family it is important that I am a man full of the Holy Spirit? What were you going to do? Prayer meetings are not an opportunity for you to have a night in and watch TV. It's an opportunity for you to lead. 
We're designed to be full of the Holy Spirit. We're designed to live dependent on God. Isn't that how it's meant to be? As Christians, it's not, oh, I, I, some, I made some abstract decision back in the past, but now I'm living independent. I just live under my own self-reliance. No, I, I need God day by day. So do you. Sorry, guys, I bet you thought you were coming to Father's Day. You're going to get a chocolate bar. It's going to be nice and relaxed. No, I said I'm going after you today. We're designed to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit. Philip was a man full of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. What are you full of? What are you full of? Would you describe yourself as a man or as a woman full of the Holy Spirit? That's what you were designed to be. Amen? Amen. Definitely more women saying amen than blokes at the moment. Number three. Philip was a man who handled disappointment. When we get to Acts chapter 7, the church in Jerusalem has just gone through a massive, heartbreaking persecution. Stephen, who would have been a close contact of Philip, had just been martyred. He'd been dragged out of the city and he had been stoned to death. He says they cast him out of the city and they stoned him. Jerusalem church was being ravaged, Christians were being beaten, their, co- their property was being confiscated, they were being thrown in prison. The ones that that didn't happen to were just scattered to Samaria, Judea, even further, right up north to Antioch. They, they, they were running, around, running away. I want you to imagine some of the pictures you've seen in Syria or Iraq where, where people are just fleeing away when ISIS enter a town. I imagine if that's what it would have been like for the early church. It says Saul was ravaging the church. He was trying to rip it apart and Philip finds himself down in Samaria. I I don't think the why question had been answered for Philip. I mean, just to take a step back, and I wonder if Philip thought, why on earth has this happened? The church was going magnificently. There would have been a church of about 10,000 people in Jerusalem. How awesome is that? Just a couple of years old. And it's as though in a moment, in a day, it all broke open. And I wonder if Philip, when he got down there, thought, what on earth is going on? I thought God was in charge. How on earth could this have happened? What about Stephen? He was the best of the seven of us who were appointed as deacons. Stephen was the best he gave this amazing word in the, in the last moments of his life. And at the end, they, they took him out of the city and they threw stones and rocks at him until he died. How could God have allowed that to happen? I don't think at this point, Philip had the answers. But he didn't allow disappointment to shape his today. I think he still had to process that in the future. When he gets down in Samaria, he sees an opportunity. And rather than saying, look, this preaching the gospel has just got us in trouble. I'm just going to hide out for a bit. He sees an open door. And rather than the disappointment shaping him, he steps out in faith again. Men... What is shaping your life? Is it disappointment from the past? 
Is it where God didn't turn up when you thought he would? Is it where people have let you down? Don't allow disappointment to shape your today. It says in Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I was chatting this verse through with someone in the office. And uh, they, they just said something I thought was so profound. Do you know for the Christian, the worst, and I don't mean to belittle the pain and the difficulties that you have faced, but the wonder of the gospel is hope can only ever be deferred. It can never get worse than that. For the Christian, hope can never be lost. Because we have a hope that goes beyond the grave. We have a hope that trumps whatever hand disappointment deals. We come to a saviour and a God who has a better hand in Jesus Christ. Philip found a way through pain and disappointment. Fourthly, he was a man of courage. Again, I've, I've touched on it already. When he gets down to Samaria, on the back of the Jerusalem experience, rather than hiding out, he steps out. Now, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. You must think, is he mad? You know, is he mad? But he goes again. On the back of savage persecution, where his friend has been martyred, he continues to preach about Jesus. Nelson, Nelson Mandela said this, I learned that courage is not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. Men, I want to encourage you, I want to call you out. Be men of courage. Hear his voice. Step out. Take risks for him. Can I ask you, when was the last time you stepped out in a way that you knew took courage? Because God was prompting you to do so. When was, when was the last time you did that? You know, you're, I think God has told me to do this. And I'm just not certain if I want to. What happens if he doesn't show up? What happens if that person doesn't get healed? What happens if that person just turns their back and walks away? What, what happens if I step out courageously? We live in a world where we need courage to live differently, believe differently, extend hope to those around us. It's good. It's a good biblical prayer to pray, Lord, give me courage, give me boldness. Philip was a man of initiative, number five. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. It seems to me that whatever Philip found to do, he, he, he just stepped in and he did it. From organising food for a group of widows to preaching with signs and wonders accompanying, Philip was a man who stepped in. He took the initiative. He responded to the need in front of him. He started with practical service, but he ended up with signs, wonders and miracles. Men, some of us 
can be a bit passive. Just waiting for God to do something. God has designed you to take initiative, to lead, to step in. Some of us are just a bit too picky. It's just not quite right. Stephen could easily have said when it came out to distributing food to the Greek widows, well, you know, I'm just no good at catering. You know, I haven't got a catering background. Why, why can't Tracy do it? Tracy's great at catering. But a need arose and he stepped in. He, he took the initiative. He didn't back away. Men, can I call you out? Don't be passive. Don't be overly picky. Step in. And often I found God leads me as I step in. As I step out, as I am moving, God often leads me so much better than when I'm standing still, saying, no, I'm just going to wait for the perfect opportunity. Now just get involved. Use the gifting that God has given you because you will be a blessing to those around you. Philip was also, number six, a man under authority. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John. In both Acts 6 and in Acts 8, we see Philip is a man under authority. To start with, he responds to the need and steps in and just serves and does it really, really well. But then in in Samaria, this is a guy who's seeing sort of like a mini revival. He's turned up on his own. No one else came, it was only Philip. He turns up in Samaria, he sees a need, he starts preaching the message about Jesus, he starts praying for the sick, he starts setting the oppressed free, some incredible stuff going on, loads of people are responding. As Steve shared a few weeks ago, there was joy in the city. This is amazing, this is wonderful. Peter and John get wind of it, they didn't go down, they were just set up in Jerusalem. They get wind of this amazing move of God, they come down and check it out. What does Philip do? He opens the church to them. He is a man under authority. He doesn't get all defensive, saying, well, you could have been here at the start. You know, you leave me to do all the hard, hard miles, and now you turn up. He opens the church up to Peter and John. And he's even open enough that when they see there is something missing in baptism in the Holy Spirit, he gives them the space to do it. He was a humble man. Can I ask you guys? I remember of all these points, ladies, you can apply them to yourself as well. But are you a man under authority? Or do you resist and fight anyone who speaks into your life? It's hard, isn't it? I want you to put your hands and copy what I'm doing. This is everyone. Stay like that. I would stay like that, but I can't because otherwise I can't speak in the microphone. You can only see what's in front of you, can't you? Me. Well, and a bit of people. You, you, You can't see what's going on behind you. You can't actually see what's happening to your left or your right. You can't see your husband or wife making funny faces at you. You can't, you can't see any of that. You can just see a section. You can put your hands down now. 
You can just see a section. That's a bit like how life is as a whole. Do you know what? You can only see a certain amount of your life. You need other people to speak in. Husbands, you so desperately need your wives to be honest with you. And you need to invite that. Chloe said to me recently, Chloe said that, that sometimes she finds it hard to tell me stuff and talk to me about certain things because she doesn't know how I will respond. I find that embarrassing, not for me, that, that there is something about me that is not open to my wife to speaking in and she feels she needs to choose a moment. Men, are you as open to your wives speaking as you would be to a friend or a church leader? And there's a danger for me that you guys get the best of me and Chloe gets the worst. That's not how it's designed to be. For you to give your best to your friends... And the worst to those you've committed to love and honour and protect and give yourself to. I'd encourage you, maybe not Father's Day, but another time in the week. Husbands, invite feedback from your wives. Maybe ask them, how easy am I to speak to? And promise not to react or respond, but to take it away and pray. But guys, across the board... You know, I, I know there are some people I can just go and talk to and I, I have no fear of how they will react. There's other ones of you where I have to think much more carefully because I think I'm going to get a reaction from you. The problem normally isn't with the feedback, the problem's with the response. Normally, not always. I get it wrong too. And I, I'm just like, I'm just a normal guy like you guys. But how do we respond Philip was a man under authority. Philip was humble enough to invite feedback. Philip was a man of the Bible. Oh, men, men. Are you men of the Bible? It says in Acts chapter 8, and this is Philip talking to the Ethiopian eunuch. We're not even going to go there on Father's Day, okay? That went over some of your heads, but anyway... Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, he told him all the good news about Jesus. Philip knew the Bible. Beginning with this scripture, he handled the Bible well. Do you start with a Bible in your life when you are facing a situation, when you are facing a circumstance, when, when you don't know where to turn? Do you, like Philip, beginning with the scripture... Beginning with the Bible, or do you begin somewhere else? I want to, I, men, men, I want to encourage you to be men of the Bible. Again, it's not about intellect. I know some, some of you will find it hard to read. 
Some of you find it hard to take the Bible in. It is not the easiest thing to understand. That is not an excuse for not reading it. It just means you've got to work harder. You can listen to the Bible on MP3. There's some amazing preaching. You can listen to us. You can download us during the week. All of the preachers here go up on the website so you can download them. We do um, life apps nearly every week. We do blogs nearly every week. We to try and help you to understand scripture. We run a foundations course a couple of times a year. Andrew Bunt runs it. He's an outstanding Bible teacher. And you might think, I know the foundations. Remind yourself of these things you're already convinced of. Find out when the next course is running. Why? Because it's so important that we know the Bible men. It's so important. Not, not, oh, I think it says this somewhere. That's rubbish. I think you put the petrol somewhere in this car. No, we're to know the Bible. We're to, when did you last read the Bible? When did you last open it? Not now, here, this morning. Oh, I read, it. I read the text up there, so, hey, 30 seconds ago. No, outside of a Sunday church meeting. Oh, man, this is life for you. Job says this, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. What are you treasuring? You know what you're treasuring by what you give your time, what you give your money to. Come on, men. Come on, men. It is so important that we treasure the words of his mouth. If you don't know where to start, if you want to start Bible reading, come and talk to me. I would love to help you to read the Bible. If you don't know where to start. Download preaches, blogs, life app questions from the, 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 the website. Go on the foundations course. Find, find out more there. There's a great little podcast thingy, I think it's a podcast, I'm not very good at technology, by, by a guy called John Piper. It's 10 minutes and he posts them every single day. They're brilliant. I pretty much listen to them all. He just answers questions that people send in and he will teach you how to understand the Bible as he answers that question. Download it on your phone. 10 minutes. You can listen to it while you're sat on the loo, while you're having the shower, while you're on your way to work. You can, just 10 minutes. Just a starting point, feeding yourself. Beginning with the scripture. Ah, Number eight, he was a man of good repute. He was a man of good reputation. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute. In our day, we glory in the notorious and the outrageous. It's what we see in the media. The more stupid, controversial, explicit we can be, the greater your fame, and it seems the more society glories in you. It's ridiculous. You will end up in destruction. We need to be men of good reputation. That is of great value. The other, the first seven character traits I just listed out, pursue those things, and do you know what? A good reputation will grow for you. It's so, so important. And number nine, probably I think the most critical, I feel this has been in my life. He was a man of obedience. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise, go towards the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. 
At the end of the day, Philip obeyed God. His words, the promptings of the Holy Spirit, even an angel appearing, even if it meant a 60-mile journey from Samaria down to Gaza, back past Jerusalem that he had just gone from, to a desert place. I mean, you've heard it said before. Philip was seeing this amazing, this amazing outpouring and work of God. Loads of people coming to know Christ, uh, the oppressed being set free, healing, signs, wonders. It's where everyone was going. Do you know what I mean? If there was a now place to visit in the church world, you would go to Samaria. This is a place, wow, have you heard what God is doing there? Philip packs up his bags and he goes down to Gaza. Why? Because God told him to. Philip knew what it was to be obedient. Men, point nine, the last one. Are you obedient to God? Do you do what he tells you to do? says in Acts 13 22 and God testified concerning him I have found David son of Jesse a man after my own heart he will do everything I want him to do for my spiritual health and spiritual fruitfulness the most important thing I have learned is obedience to God Out of all the other eight points, in the end, it comes down to the crux of, will I do what God tells me to do? When he tells me to stop doing something that I shouldn't do, will I obey him? Or will I continue to cohabit with sin because I really just cannot be bothered to put a sword through the heart of it? Will I step out in faith and put myself in a really vulnerable position because God has told me to do it Or will I keep making excuses and step away from God's purposes? The times when I have known the most fruitfulness in my life personally and in my ministry is when I have walked closest to God by obeying what he says. It is so easy for us to put a facade of obedience on the outside when we really know if you really push came to shove... There's a couple of areas in our lives that we are just walking along in compromise with. How sad it would be if in the moments before we died, we looked back over the last however many years it was, and we thought, you know what? I wished I had obeyed his voice more fully. I wished I hadn't cohabited with sin. I wish I'd killed it off earlier and run fully for my God. That will look very different to each of you. But to be the man God has designed you to be, obedience is non-negotiable. Not because you have to, but because you love him. Because grace, is it grace and mercy like mighty rivers have poured incessant from above into your heart.
when it got down to it, you know, you can look at Philip and think, what an amazing man. And he, I guess he was, but he's nothing compared to our Jesus. He is the ultimate demonstration of manhood. He is the ultimate one who drank the cup of obedience to the very bottom because he loves you and is for you. He is the one that we pursue. He is the one that we've given our lives for. He is the one that we lay our lives down for. It's Jesus. You are such an incredible group of men who exhibit so many of these qualities already. I wanted this morning to be like a bit of a sharpening up. Resharpening that edge of who you are and who God has designed you to be. Full of the Holy Spirit. Men of great character. Those who do courageous acts, take initiative, know how to handle disappointment and work through it. Those under authority, men of the word, men of the Bible, men of good reputation, men at the end of the day will do what God tells them to do. That's who you're called to be. That's why you're saved. To be mighty, incredible guys, displaying his glory. What I'd like to do just as we close is I'd like the men to stand again. If you're a visitor and you don't want to stand, you're welcome to remain seated. That's fine. Ladies, could I ask you to stretch out your hand towards them? And I'm just going to want to pray the blessing of God on each of them. Lord, I thank you for every single man in this building. I thank you for what mighty men for you they are. Lord, I ask you right now, Holy Spirit, would you freshly fill them right now? Fill them afresh with your Holy Spirit. Fill them afresh with your power. I ask you, Lord God, that this word would be a sharpening word. I pray it would be an encouraging word, a strengthening word. I ask you, Lord God, would you do business with these men right now? I pray, Holy Spirit, even in this moment, would you just speak to each of them, maybe just one or two areas, just where they need to pursue you for something. Man, just take note of what God says to you. Pursue, decide. Decide to pursue these things. And I pray for your blessing, your mighty, wonderful, glorious blessing to rest on every single 
person in this place. In Jesus' name, would you do it? The blessing of God on every single one of them. We ask for that in your precious name, Lord Jesus. We thank you for all you've done for us. And we all said together, Amen. Excellent. Very good. Thank you so much for coming. We're going to finish it up there. There's tea and coffee served. If you're visiting, please head to the welcome area. I'd love the opportunity to meet you um, if you want to head that way. Um, I don't think children are going to be released for another five minutes. So parents, you've got five minutes of freedom. So, uh, but please don't forget to go and collect them in a little while. Thanks very much.